Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And this one is kind of special. And by kind of special, meaning I don't think I've ever talked about any of this publicly before. So recently, I had the absolute pleasure to hear, have my friend Laura interview me. And there were tears, there were joy, there were happiness. There was a lot of depth in a lot of areas that I share behind the scenes, but not ever publicly. And so we decided we had to share it with you because this is a really inside look at the game of entrepreneurship. So I talked about why I was forced to develop a relationship with the number one person I'm guaranteed to spend the rest of my life with, how my struggle with understanding the difference between intimacy and vulnerability affected me everywhere. I talk about how to create containers to avoid blurry lines in relationships, personal business, coworkers. I give one piece of advice for all coaches who aren't willing to be honest or open vulnerably. I talk about empowering people to get results without creating codependency. And I talk about the awareness of your check engine light and to know when it's out of alignment with yourself. And so I'm going to give this disclaimer because you're about to listen to the episode. Uh, this one is about, as my friend Liz Benny calls, as raw, real, and honest as possible. And uh, I've been a little nervous to release this one, which means it's time for me to release it. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. George, my friends. I am so fucking excited that you're here with us. I've been waiting to talk to you for months and months and months. And I just, I am just so in awe over the way that, the way that you've established yourself in the online space. Like I've been following you from afar for a really long time. And I've watched many of your evolutions and it's just so beautiful that we get to connect at this stage in your life and your business because I feel like you have so many beautiful insights to share with our people. So anyways, welcome. Thank you for being here. We are all very excited. <laughs> I, will say, I will say that uh, every day in the present is the best day because I I still think I'm like a walking liability, but I tend to have <laughs> less baggage now than I did years ago, but they're all part of the journey. So I think, I think timing is serendipitous and I'm honored to be here. Mm -hmm. I agree. Less baggage. That's so funny. I think we like drop some baggage off and we pick more up as we go. But like, that's yeah, so no, like I still, I still have it all. I still have it all, but I have a healthy relationship with it as a tool rather than a liability now. And I was like, oh yeah, no, those are the beautiful parts to me once I knew how to relate to them. And they become the greatest superpower in doing anything that we want to do and making a difference. And so I just, uh, I just joke about it now because I won't go like, I don't even like going back and seeing videos I made like a year ago because I was like, wait, did I, oh, I said that? What? Oh, and like, even on my son's five. And the other day, like my son loves YouTube, right? And he knows daddy is all over the internet and he'll like randomly somehow find a video of me on YouTube Yeah, and he'll pull it up and he's like, daddy, this doesn't look like you. Is this you dad? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's an old version of daddy. Yeah, that's a very important chapter. But yeah, that's that's me. And so, yeah, now I have like a, a different audience as well. And it's really uh, it's humbling and it's it's pretty fun. 
That's so funny. I go through something very similar quite often. Like, do I take them down? Do I just like, no, never. You have to keep it up there because it is your journey. And I think that is that is one of the most important pieces, I believe, inside of what we're going to talk about today, where you're willing to show all of you at every stage of you and not hide that away. And inside of that, invite in a a level of vulnerability with your audience because you're willing to be fully seen. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, Yep. We're going to cry today. Let's do it. (laughs) We're going to cry today. So that is what I want to talk to you about today is like when we're speaking with our audience, when we're pulling them into conversations with us, when we're, when we're warming people up to who we are and what we do, like we're told to do as coaches in the space. You have a very beautiful way of doing so with intimacy and vulnerability. And what I've noticed in my very few interactions with you, an uncanny willingness to just give Mm -hmm. and no fear of people taking too much from you because you know who you are and what you're here to do. And I really believe that this is just such an art that you've mastered that will continue to evolve as you evolve. But I was wondering to kick this off, did you always operate in this way or was there a very specific turning point in your career and how you're showing up online that you can remember where you began to lean more heavily into the intimacy piece? Yeah. Uh, so first, even in your context leading up to that question, there's about 74 answers that <laughs> riddled in there. And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, it's, to give the short answer, fuck no. Um, I do what I do because I was a narcissistic, gaslighting, emotionally unavailable and emotionally abusive prick. Mm-hmm. And not by design, but by unresolved trauma and an unwillingness to do the work on myself and hide in doing the work for everybody else to avoid doing it for myself. Wow. And... um I'll give a little context so it makes a little bit of sense. And so, you know, I grew up in a pretty, pretty rough childhood, drug abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. I was basically like homeless from, I was basically, I was homeless, but uh, I had a home over my head, but started living in friends' basements and cars around like 13 with social services involved. And so it wasn't like rainbows and unicorns. And so developed an eating disorder and bulimia was bullied. My front teeth were knocked out three times. My nose was broken twice. Like it was, it was, um, I have so much gratitude for it now, but it took a long time to get there. And so I did what any sound kid would do that didn't want to end up like his parents. Like, let me do the hardest thing possible and join the Marine Corps. And so then I joined the United States Marine Corps and they were like, Hey, your childhood's awesome. Uh, let's turn you into a disconnected killing machine basically. And so then I spent 13 years of my life on active duty, um, three combat deployments, and I experienced things that no human should ever have to experience. And then a year before I got medically separated, I became an entrepreneur by accident. And so I made entrepreneurship my new addiction. And so in that process, I met my wife and, you know, of course I was successful. It was the only option, but the trail of dead bodies that I left behind me as one of my coaches so eloquently put it, was massive. And I always had the heart, like I always cared about people. I wanted to connect with people, but I didn't realize that my heart was in the passenger seat and my trauma was in the driver's seat. 
And I was operating like, oh, I can read a book and I'll be fine. Or I can learn this distinction or I'll be fine. Right. And so I'd go to the personal development courses and I would literally come out like an evangelist of personal development, quoting it better than the teachers. Right. And then I started staffing it and I started teaching it all while avoiding doing the work. And uh, yeah, the pivotal moment was uh, my wife was eight months pregnant. We were about three weeks away from bankruptcy and I was living in a hotel. And uh, on paper, I had everything that everybody wanted. A New York Times bestseller, number one app in the world, millions of social media followers. And, uh, and I wanted to attempt to take my life again. And so uh, it was through the goddess that my wife is and her standing for the little four-year-old boy and seeing his possibility, but also standing in her power and structure and having boundaries and holding me accountable. And so, um, yeah, I ended up uh, diving into some really, really deep work, a lot of EMDR, MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. I mean, every modality you can imagine, I've done it. Prolonged exposure, CBT, CPT, EMDR, breath work, stillness, meditation, plant medicine. I mean, you name it, I had done all of it. And even on the physical side, stem cells, cold therapy, like all of it. Um, And I had all the tools, but I didn't have the courage to use the tools on myself. And so um, I made a very hard decision, which nobody agreed with, nobody. Um, I went into the jungle and I actually told you about this before we recorded. And when I came back, I realized that everything I had built in my life was holding me to who I was, not who I wanted to become. Mm -hmm. And I made a very hard decision. Nobody agreed with me. They thought I was silly. And I gave away a seven figure company in 24 hours as a Christmas present. And I deleted social media. I changed my phone number. I changed my email and I disappeared for three years. Wow. Wow. In that process, I was forced to develop a relationship with the number one person that I'm guaranteed to spend the rest of my life with, whether I like it or not. And it wasn't rainbows and unicorns. It wasn't fun. It wasn't light. I'd spent 33 years of my life running from myself. And now I had a newborn baby, a wife who had a traumatic birth and surgery, businesses in the dumps and a responsibility of a million dollar a year lifestyle that I had to figure out how to maintain. And the only person who could help me was me. And so I eliminated every ounce of distraction, of edification, of external dopamine possible. And I went in and I went in hard. And I went behind the scenes of a lot of people's businesses, which removed my ego and allowed me to help people for the right reasons and realized that my heart was always in it but I wasn't utilizing it correctly. And so I spent about three years behind the scenes building some of the biggest businesses you've ever heard of and seen. And finally, in that process, found my power, found my voice and figured out how to put my heart on the front and my trauma in the back. Mm -hmm. And through that whole process, realized that I always wanted to help people, but I was in the passenger seat. And once I integrated to where I could be me, uh, it was actually really, really funny what happened. I came home one day and my wife's like, Hey babe, I love you. Like you're doing great, but, uh, you talk a lot. And, uh, and I think you really need to go back on the internet. And I was like, huh? What? And she's like, babe, you're the best in the world at what you do. You care about people. You want to help people. I think it's time. And so I sat with that for a couple months and then I like really checked in with myself and I was like, okay do I want to come back? And I had everything on paper. I was successful again. I was making money. It was there. 
And no matter which way I tried to slice it, I couldn't get away from it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart's out there. Like I have the capacity, I have the power, I have the voice. And quite frankly, I have that, I don't give a fuck muscle enough if people get offended by teaching them how to care and do it the right way. And so, yeah, I'd say it wasn't until about four years ago that I fully embodied what it was that I was teaching for so long and truly understood how to do it to get to this point. Oh my God. I have no idea, George. Wow. I have like full body chills the whole time you were talking and actually welled up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like thinking of the moments. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty powerful. And so, yeah, it's, um, and you know, what's funny is you alluded to this earlier and, and, um, you know, one of the big distinctions that I made is that one of the mistakes I made in the very beginning when I was online and I had millions of followers is that I didn't understand the difference between intimacy and vulnerability. I thought they were the same thing. And so one of the reasons that I struggled for so long is that I became codependent on my business and the results I was creating because I was being intimate with people and with things that didn't have that level of depth in my life that should have been reserved for the people closest to me. Hmm. And it was a very, very valuable lesson I had to learn to where I can go out on the internet and tell you I was sexually abused, but you don't need to know the details. Right. I can go out and tell you that I struggle with eating disorders, but you don't need the vivid imagery. And what I had mistaken is that I was giving my intimacy to the world rather than myself and those closest to me in my support system. And I had it miswired as authenticity. And so once I took that time off and I came back out, I realized that I had built an entire business predicated on my wound being exacerbated every time I shared it and really not empowering anybody to change, but edifying me and keeping me stuck in my patterns. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. What, in each, what comes up for me is I want to play this intimacy definition a little bit because yep. I really believe that. There's a way to be intimate that isn't exposing. Thousand percent. Okay, good. I, didn't, I yeah, figured we were on the same page here. We are, but... We're totally on the same page, but I think it's really, really easy because we talk about coaching. We talk about connecting. We talk about relating. We talk about making people feel safe. Yeah. And one of the big mistakes I see people make that I don't make and I teach is that our job is to create the container, not the path that they take. Right. So I watch a lot of coaching. I watch a lot of marketing. I watch a lot of businesses where whether conscious or subconscious in sharing it's agendized and manipulative by accident mm -hmm. rather than mm -hmm. inviting and enrolling on purpose. And so when you start creating things and like, I believe in intimacy, I believe in connection because at the end of the day, for us to make a difference, we have to feel safe. And then the people that are seeing us responding to us have to feel safe. Yeah. But it's not up to us to determine how quickly that happens or push them into somewhere that they don't belong. And what I found is that when I was being quote unquote, and I was probably being not intimate, I had the word wrong, but when I was being fully divulged and basically off gassing. Mm -hmm. what it was doing was creating a codependency with me in my wound that was actually getting people to step in faster than they were ready for and creating liabilities for both of us. Yeah. Oh, this is I like 15 downloads come in all these different directions. I want to take this, but I think the through line that I really want to highlight is 
you are unable to create a safe container filled with intimacy and vulnerability for people that you don't really personally know until you are able to be intimate and vulnerable with yourself first and make yourself feel safe. And I think that's the biggest disconnect that I'm seeing online is these coaches are trying to bypass intimacy and vulnerability and go straight to how do I sell people in an aligned way when really alignment comes from turning inwards first and truly knowing yourself, your value, and how to make yourself feel safe when interacting with others vulnerably. Like we have to have the courage to go first. Yes. And, and a very important part is that part of our safety comes from our own intimacy, but without our own intimacy, we can't have clear boundaries and containers for our energy. And then people don't respond to what we say. They respond to how they feel. And when it's leaky, it's leaky everywhere. And the only person who really loses is us because it ends up creating all these unhealthy relationships with our own business, with our content, with the things that we're putting out into the world, because we become attached to the outcome rather than attached to the input. Mm. And for Absolutely. me, the moment I hit post, the moment I hit share, the moment I do this podcast, like I already feel like I'm a liability on this podcast. I'm like, cool, I'm here for it. I'm already sweating. Like, let's go. But the moment this is done, I have zero control, zero input over anything that happens after this comes out into the world. But I have full control over what I say and how I embody what I teach on this call. What happens out there, that's got nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. My job isn't to change that. My job is to be here if it inspires change in somebody else. And then the beautiful parallel to that is when you're in conversation with people about your programs or mentorship or whatever, the exact same rule applies. Your interaction with them in that moment is all you have control over, how you make them feel, how you show up in that space, the, the boundaries you create for their energy to exist and without accepting it or adopting it as your own, as something to fix or control or manipulate is all you have control over. What they decide to do or the direction they decide to go in is there. Yep. That was I, like that line gets so blurry. I think it gets blurry by accident, right? Because, yeah. you know, what we have to understand is that like you and I and what we do, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. So if I use the same tool, I'm guaranteed to fail. Mm -hmm. because it requires a constant adjustment and a barometer that really checks in with ourselves of like what we're doing and how we're doing it. The market changes, the world changes, the audience changes. And I, I don't think it's by, I don't think it's on purpose. I think it's by accident because it's really easy to get sucked into this strategy, this tactic, this Instagram post, this way, this method, this modality, this boom, 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 because we live in that world. Like that's how the world is designed. It's a very, very different world to stand for what we stand for and not react to what's out there. And it requires a deep level of intention. Like today, like I almost had a panic attack this morning. I've cried twice and it's only 1130 in the morning. And I was like, cool, go to my practice, go to my breath, go to my boom. And then I was like, oh, this isn't going away today. Cool. Have a cup of coffee. Let's get to work. And then the moment I acknowledge its existence, it allows my come from to then match how I feel and not be something that I was yesterday or something that I should have been a week ago to, to be authentically where I am. Right. And I think that that's one of the biggest things. And the reason that those lines get blurred is because there's a level of radical honesty that's required for anything that we do heart centered to actually be effective. 
And if it's even close to not fully shared or fully honored or fully embodied, it ends up creating an undesirable result. And then the line gets blurred. And mm -hmm. it's not by intention. I think it's by accident because it's so easy to get wrapped up into stories and posts and content and not just check the check engine light or check the barometer and be like, oh, wait, just because I recorded it, it wrote it yesterday, doesn't mean that's true today. And to get the line straight again, we just have to honor where we currently are and then make sure we're being at least integrous with ourselves so that what we're sharing fully matches and aligned to where we are. And so I still get it. I mean, all the time, all the time, right? Like I'll go on podcasts, I give out my personal email, right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like six weeks later, I get 75 emails in a day. And I was like, oh my God, my wife was mad at me this morning. My kids are in meltdown. My daughter just broke up with her boyfriend. I just lost that company. I was like, oh, and I was like, wait, now is not the time to open those emails. I can honor my commitment, but I have to make sure that I honor myself to honor that commitment. And then when I'm ready and I come in, I'm able to do it in a capacity, in a manner that serves both of us without leaking my own stuff into that container right and it's it's having the discipline and the courage to face that and realize like just because today i'm doing seven podcasts doesn't mean tomorrow i have the capacity to do seven right. and so it's just about that dance and i think that that's the most important part is that it's a dance it changes every single day mm -hmm. how we do it when we do it why we do it and it's not our willingness to say like it's going to be this way. It's our willingness to change steps and to change cadence and take a break when we want and honor that because that authenticity, that honesty is actually what creates the context of safe. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so carrying that forward, a lot of people struggle inside of initial interactions with new people, perhaps to default to that place where you're leading from the place of, I believe inherently in my work. I'm not looking externally to be validated. I'm willing to show up vulnerably and I'm trusting that I'm enough in that capacity. Like that's not the default. thousand percent. Right. right. What so, I is? Yeah. Cool. If you messaged me today and I felt like that and it was our first interaction, the first thing I say to you is like, hey, I'm gonna be really frank. I don't even know how to respond to this because I feel so insecure right now and I don't even know why you're messaging me. Sure. I still say, Amazing. I still to this day, and I am like the one of the best in the world at this, probably send 20 of those a week. Wow. Right? I and so, that. you know, like this comes from like, so when I was a food blogger, uh, I was a New York Times bestselling cookbook author with a paleo cookbook and I was actively bulimic. Teaching people to love themselves through food. And I'll never forget this because we were in Austin, Texas and I was about to give a keynote uh, and I'll remember the title. It was the three ways to use food to create breakthrough results in your life. And my wife was with me and I was about to go up and talk about this. And my wife looked at me 20 minutes before I went on, looked me dead in the eye and she said, are you really going to go up there and lie again? And it shook wow. she didn't have to say anything else. Like it fucking shook me. Yeah, I just felt that. <laughs> and so I walked up on stage and these are in front of all my peers, companies, peers, other authors, my boss. I mean, like incredible. And I couldn't speak. I could not say what I wanted to say. And so I stood up there and I said, I've been lying to all of you. 
because I'm about to give a talk and you know who I am, you know what I do, but you don't know why I do it. Mm-hmm. And why I do it is because I've been hiding in plain sight. And I'll never forget, I was drenched in sweat, took like 60 seconds and I faced every fear I ever had. Everyone's gonna leave the room. My career's gonna be over, like blah, 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 blah. And the exact opposite happened. People that were standing up, sat down. People that were on their phones, put them away. People that were disengaged, engaged. And I don't remember another word that came out of my mouth, but I remember the feeling of freedom. Wow. And it was in that moment that everything I'd ever gone through, 12-step programs for Codependence Anonymous and Sex and Love Addictions Anonymous and all the things that I was using to hide my trauma wounds started to make sense. And I was like, oh, this is honoring myself. And this is what radical honesty is and what radical honesty feels like. And it's something that I've never let go of from that day. And for me, the reason lines don't get blurred is because there is no way for them to blur when I'm just open and honest. Oh, yes. Okay. There's so much fear around that depth of honesty and going back and maybe tying in our previous conversation around intimacy or maybe exposure could be a better word. Um, how do you know when you're ready to be honest in the way that you know you need to be? Or is there even a tell? Like, I know I can hear a lot of my coaches thinking right now as they're listening to this in the future, but I don't want to share this or I'm scared to say this because I haven't worked through it yet or whatever. What would you say to them in that? Then close your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, and I'm, I'm saying this honestly, you can't say I'm committed to changing the world, but yet not embodying the work that actually does it Mm. as anything other than that is manipulation. Right. And so like when we think about leadership, right. I got in trouble in the Marine Corps because their whole thing is like lead from the front. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. I was like, my job is to lead from the front. My job is to lead from the middle. I can see the people in front of me. I can touch the people behind me, but my job is to walk step-by-step with the people closest to me. Leadership is not having the answers. Leadership is not being at the finish line. Leadership is willing to take the journey next to somebody and having the humility to acknowledge where you are. And that's where your power comes from. Like think about, and I always ask this question to people all the time. I was like, Name me one Olympic gold medalist without a coach. And they're like, I can't. And I was like, cool. Name me one of their coaches that has a gold medal. Yeah. And they're like, fuck, George. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. And you know what came through for me as you were speaking is when you have the courage to be the one to go first in this way, you're actually by default paving a very beautiful path for your people to follow behind you in. Because sure, it feels great freeing for you to show up honestly and just be fully seen and surrender into who you are, where you are. But don't you think your people want that too? Well, I'll go even deeper. Yeah. Don't you want to empower your person to get a result and not be codependent on you to create it for them? Absolutely. Exactly. Having children, right? My son does not remember anything I say, but he matches everything that I do. Mm. 
And whether you think they're watching or not, they always are. And words are very, very dangerous in the business that we are in because I hid behind words for 15 years while being a leader and a trainer. And I've had more success in the last five by not using words and being the example than I could have ever hoped for in my life. And so when we think about it, it doesn't matter what you coach. It doesn't matter what you teach. It doesn't matter if it's marketing or embodiment or consciousness or breath or any of those things. <laughs> we have to realize that our job is to empower the other people to create the same result. And they're coming to us from a place of my stuff isn't working. My life isn't working. Something's off. And we think that by giving them lip service, that it's going to change something in the way that they act and behave. But the truth is, it's the example that changes the game. Yeah. And like, yeah. here's the truth. It's fucking hard. The end. <laughs> it's fucking hard. Yeah. I, like yesterday, I spent like a half an hour of my gratitude practice because I'm like, I was a firefighter for like 22 people yesterday. A $100 million business, a $10 million a client. I'm losing my relationship. My husband's leaving me. He's doing boom, 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 boom. And it's so easy for me in that moment. Like, why, why, why? And I was like, wait, this is what I asked for. Mm -hmm. The only reason I have this is because I have the capacity to have this because of the way that I lead. And this is a gift that they feel safe enough to come to me with this. And I get to recognize what's mine and what's theirs. Mm -hmm. And then I get to hold space for their possibility. And it's okay. It's so uncomfortable. And like, here's the analogy. The reason I use a lighthouse in my branding is because a lighthouse's job is not to jump in the water, even if it sees a boat in distress. Because if it does, the light goes off and every other boat dies. The lighthouse's job is to remain consistent and congruent, constantly spinning that light. And once they get to shore, they're safe. Not my job to turn off the light, jump in the fucking water, get in their boat and try to drive it for them. And that's hard. It's hard as a parent. It's hard as a friend. It's hard as a coach. But when we try to solve things for people, when we try to tell them what to do rather than hold space for them to find it, we're just enabling patterns to continue. But what that requires is a deep fucking willingness to be in the midst of storms and stand there solidly and recognize what's yours and what's not. And sometimes buckle down the fucking hatches and being willing to get wet, right? Like one of my one-on-ones messaged me yesterday. She's fucking incredible. She's like, you're fucking annoying me. And I'm like, good. And she's <laughs> like, how would you describe what you do? And I was like, honestly? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, my job is to get you to hate me so you no longer hate yourself, so you can love yourself, then you can love me and you can love the rest of the world. Oh, I love that. And then I was like, I don't like the word hate, but that really, really like genuinely you know, sums up what it is. And so I think it's very, very important because when we make commitments to coach, to, to run a business, to change people's lives, it's not conditional on how we feel or how they feel. And what I love is when we feel great and we set this vision and we're like, I'm going to change the fucking world. I love that because you haven't met the resistance that's coming yet. So you're like, ah, it's all possibility. Yes. Because you're holding yourself at your potential. And you have to remind yourself that when you made that statement, it wasn't conditional on you feeling great and riding unicorns on rainbows and fucking care bears shooting rainbows everywhere. Like that's not how the game is played. 
It's a willingness that when the things get tough and then they get hard, that you stay in at the same level you did when you were excited mm. and you hold it to that. And when we really, really think about it, what we talk about is creating space for people to change, creating space for us to be a catalyst for people to change, not for us to do the work for them. And there are times that that requires fucking grit and deep endowment and reminders of why you're doing what you're doing because you're supposed to feel it. Part of your gift and the range that you get and the capacity increases because of your willingness to go deep into that darkness and go where no one's gone before and say, we're down in the darkness, but we can find a path out. And when you hold that, you also have the ability to feel the highest of highs. But the through line of mediocrity is guaranteed fucking failure. And so like the last two weeks for me, I'm like, holy fuck is what it feels like. Like my average heart rate through the day has been 130 on call. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm like burning 17, 1800 calories a day on Zoom calls because of what my body is feeling and holding. And it's not my job to keep it. But in that moment, and I always use simple analogies, like when you have a team that's down by 20 and the coach is like, you motherfuckers can win this game and I know you're greater than you ever thought possible, blah, blah, blah. He has to believe it so fucking much that they borrow some of his belief to make it true until they believe it for themselves. But do you think it's easy to know your life is on the line, your job is on the line, a championship's on the line, salaries, families, and everything in between? Fuck no. No, it's not. It's fucking hard. And it's supposed to be. And it's, it's what you signed up for. That is what you signed no, up for. Exactly. And I say this not to be cold or not to be harsh, but because if you're listening to this, you felt the calling. But nowhere in it, and I use Nike as an example all the time, nowhere on their slogan does it say, just do it, only if it feels easy. <laughs> right. right? Or like, just do it, only when you want to. Yeah. The reason we make commitments, because commitments are greater than our excuses. And we're all humans myself included, wake up riddled with fear and insecurity and blah, 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 blah. And it's my willingness to give it a cup of coffee and go anyways <laughs> that actually creates a different result. <laughs> and so I say this not because I want you to close your business, but I want you to understand that these are the secrets that make your business successful. The willingness to have the hard conversations. Like I had a mastermind call yesterday with my mastermind members and I listened for 20 minutes and somebody kept telling me how fucking hard it was and I felt the itch and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a two t-shirt day. That's how I gauge how good I am at coaching is how many t-shirts I sweat through, right? Thank for my events, right? And I was like, oh shit. And even one of my staff members DM'd me on Zoom on the call and she's like, say it. And like, she knows me so well. She saw my face and I was like, you know what? You're fucking bitching about everything you prayed for a year ago. And you're not getting more of it because you refuse to see what you have on your dinner plate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, I was drenched in sweat because I didn't say it so eloquently, so short or with so much poise as I did in that moment. It was like a truck driver liability coming out in passion. Yeah. But then the call ended. And what do you think I did? You're like, oh, that was a great call. No, I had to go fucking meditate. I had to feel my feelings. I was like, oh my God, it's all going away. Like, what am I doing? 
And then I was like, no, 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 no. That was your truth. That's what the moment demanded. That's what your intuition said. And you said it. And regardless of whether it worked or not, you said it. And that's all you can control. And then, of course, this morning, I wake up to like 71 messages. That call was amazing. Thank you so much. It's just what I needed. And I was like, fuck, me too. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Moving forward together. And so I think it's really, really, really important because like if I tie all this back to like what we said earlier, like where do blurred lines come from? Blurred lines come from us getting disconnected from what we said we wanted to do and not holding ourselves accountable to what it looks like. And the reason I love this conversation, I love people like you and your coaches that are listening and everybody around here is that you have to remember that when you make this commitment, you're making a commitment to paving a road that's never been paved before. So when you find yourself walking a path that's already there, you're building somebody else's vision and not yours. Mm. So there's this level of trust that has to exist that you have no light and no path, but you have to step into the darkness every single day. And it's scary as fuck. But it's because of your willingness to do that, that the difference is made. And when you get into heart-centered coaching, you get into alignment, you get into heart-centered business. Like I run $100 million companies and I infuse hearts into them. Like you don't think that I'm getting fought by every fucking investor, board member, board analytics thing. Like I get blasted. Like my face is on so many fucking dartboards. It would blow your mind, right? Yeah. Because I walk into people and I'm like, fuck you. And they're like, what? And I'll look them dead in the eye. I'm like, would you be okay if your mother went through that funnel? And they'll look me dead in the eye. And they're like, no. I'm like, then it's not fucking okay that mine does either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like those aren't easy conversations to have. No, no. But they're the ones that matter. Because they're your truth. And they're that's what makes truth. And they're standing for possibility. Like everybody thinks it's fucking crazy until it becomes the truth. Exactly. Right? Like I've been preaching relationship speed algorithms for fucking six years. And now it's a buzz where everyone's like, oh, we have to value the relationship. Like, no shit. Remember all you fuckers five years ago told me that I was full of it and I was going to go out of business and it wasn't going to work. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it's our willingness to dive deep down and only ask ourselves, am I in alignment? Mm-hmm. And that's the only question I ask myself every single day is what I'm about to share and what I'm about to post and what I'm about to do fully aligned with who I am determined to be, not who I am, with who I'm determined to be. Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, it doesn't fucking go. It gets adjusted and gets in alignment. If the answer is yes, I go and I'll deal with the consequences later. I love it. I have an analogy that I want to offer you. It's something that I use with my students all the time and I think you'll love it because it comes back to our mountain discussion from- before. Oh yeah, I love that, yeah. Yeah. So when you were speaking into how we're really just, we're paving paths that don't exist yet. And if we're on a predetermined path, we're on someone else's path. The way I like to look at it is it's like we're all standing in front of the same mountain and 95% of us are slinging up to climb the mountain straight up the rock face. And we have our chalk and we have our picks and I'm not a mountain climber, so I'm probably getting terminology wrong. Me neither, but I'm in it with you. Okay. Okay. So we're like clavering up the mountain. Some of us fall off and we have to restart. And some of us get up fast the first time and they're standing at the top thinking, what the hell's wrong with all of you? Like, join me up here. It's great up here. And then there's those of us who realize that there's this other side to the mountain that is filled with wildflowers and pools of water and 
and waterfalls and all of these trees that hasn't been touched yet. And it's maybe a slower path up because there is no paved way. There is no straight shot to the top. It's winding and it's uncomfortable and you're going to get lost. But when you pave that way up the mountain, you still get to your top, but you do it on your timing, in your way, and you create a beautiful path for your people to follow behind you in. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to always just go straight up the side. We don't have to follow what other people are are saying is the best way because that's how you're going to get there the fastest. That's how you're going to make the most money. That's how you're going to X, Y, and Z. If we have the courage to walk around to the other side, there are so many beautiful opportunities there when you were anchored into, okay, but what's that next step for me? And can I trust that that next step for me is also the right next step for the people following behind me? Yep. Just lead that way. And then you lose it all a few times and you're like, I'm just calling a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like, it's so beautiful because it, it's true. It's like, you know, the overnight success game, right? Like, okay, cool. Yeah. 21 years ago when I fucking started, <laughs> right? Like you see it now and it's like, oh, everything you touch works. I'm like, you're <laughs> watching, right? <laughs> no. And it's, it, it's true. It's that like, you have to match the path that you take based on where you are. Like if you try to push a kid too far, it doesn't mold them. It breaks them. If you try to push a person, it doesn't mold them. It breaks them. You try to push anything past its current capacity, it breaks. But the one thing that is so fucking celebrated in this culture that blows my mind is just break yourself. And it's like, well, there's a point where you can make micro tears that get repaired and get stronger, but there's not a point where you redline and blow up your engine where you have resentment and guilt and shame and blame about showing up to do what you were destined to do, that's recoverable. And the only person that's gonna protect it is you. Now, do I push? Yes. Do I push my students? Yes. Do I push my clients? Yes. Do I push my own companies? Yes. But I don't push them further than they're capable of. And we all understand temperance, right? Like my job is to operate at 70% every single day. So when a sprint is required, I can hit it recover and then keep going and this game success coaching business entrepreneurship fitness mindset relationships it's a game of consistency not intensity mm -hmm. and if you're consistent and consistent in alignment your success is guaranteed the moment you let go of what it's supposed to look like mm -hmm. what's your tell for when something is out of alignment i'm curious yeah, for like me personally. For you personally, and then how do you advise others to gauge what that is for them? Um, yeah, so my my intuition is pretty spot on now. Like my check engine light, when it screams, it fucking screams. Like, yeah. like for example, like I'm driving in the office this morning and I'm like, I dropped myself to school, I'm looking at my calendar and I wanted nothing, nothing to do with coming to the office today, nothing. And I was like, the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. And then my brain was like, oh, there's two hard conversations you haven't had this week that you need to have. And I was like, ah, boom, phone call one, phone call two, handled in like four minutes. I was like, shit, it's podcast time. I got Laura, I got mine, I got boom, right? And so I actually just recorded a podcast about this 20 minutes before we started about the number one secret and the number one tool an entrepreneur can have that guarantees their success. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a boredom and stillness practice that flexes the muscle of being in a relationship with yourself. Oh, this is so serendipitous because this is the exact growth path I'm on personally right now. It was like leaning into boredom specifically and how oh, that. I design. Yeah. I design. Right. And so like the thing is, is like we live in a world that puts us on tilt, right? Like no matter what, the world is designed to test our ability to maintain our structure. And if we don't, we end up reacting and creating undesirable results. But when we do and we have it, we choose how we respond. But it's funny because it's the number one muscle that nobody ever practices, which is the one with yourself, right? And it's the hardest thing. It took me five years to be able to do this to the point I do it now. But like I can sit for three hours and just sit and be and exist. Wow. And it took, I don't know, it was like maybe six months. I could only do like five, 10 minutes a day. But what we have to understand, and you alluded to this earlier, when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, customer journey coaching, there's an art and a science. The science is the context and the containers, the models we use, the paths we create, the boundaries that we put in, but the art is your unique expression of those containers into the world. And in order for your art to evolve, the only person who gets to make that decision is you. But if you don't give yourself the space to dance, no result ever comes. But if I look at most people, I look at their habits, I look at their day. So like I, I had somebody on tilt yesterday, literally like my business is burning, my life is ending. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I know how much you do a year. No, fine. Like, what do I do? And I was like, clear your schedule and go sit with it for the next 24 hours. Don't call me till you're done. Wow. I love that. Mm-hmm. And like two hours later, I got a, oh my God, I feel so good. I know exactly what it is. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I can't believe I was blah, 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 right. Because we need pattern interrupts. So what I do with my one-on-ones is I create an SOS toolbox, right? I'll give this to everybody right now, right? I call it my SOS, save our ship. You're responsible for saving your own ship, right? No one else, no one's coming to save you, right? And so I have an inner toolbox, an outer toolbox and an outer circle. Okay. Right? And so no matter what, no matter how good you are, how grounded you are, how aligned you are, when you get smacked in the face, it fucking hurts. There's no way around it. Like I've been punched in the face a lot. I used to be a fighter, like I've been hit. And it doesn't matter how much prep work you do. It doesn't change how much it hurts, but it changes how you respond, right? Because when you know you're gonna get punched in the face, you don't react to it and shut down. You respond and choose something differently. Like if anybody's ever done cold therapy, I fucking hate being cold. I hate it, but it's one of the most powerful tools in the world. But if you've ever done it for a prolonged period of time, it never gets less cold. Ever. <laughs> right. You have an understanding that it's going to happen. And when it happens, you know how to respond to it to stay in. Right. And so no matter what, as a coach, especially in the work that you do and your clients do, you're going to get smacked in the face. You're going to take things on that are yours and some that aren't yours. You're going to have the fastest path to your own healing because your clients are going to trigger every fucking ounce of you and every uncovered stone that you haven't looked at in the deepest parts of the shadows in the work that we have yet to do. It is a roadmap for guaranteed enlightenment if you pay attention to it. But no matter what, you're going to end up on tilt, right? And what do most people do? I don't feel good. Okay, cool. Instagram, scroll, read, walk, move, blah, blah, and everything to avoid feeling the feeling. 
but we know that the only path is through. And so I, del I have them all develop an inner toolbox and the inner toolbox is anything that you can do by yourself in five minutes or less that brings you back home and home is you aligned it in your power, right? So what are some of mine? A stillness practice, breath work, music, looking at pictures of my son on my phone. Like I have 2,100 photos in my camera roll, 1,900 of them are my son. Oh, yeah. Because I saved like the favorite ones, right? I have another one. If you look at the background of my phone and I'm clearing this to show you, if you look at the background of my phone, there's a five-year-old little boy. That's me, not my son. Because when I get on tilt and something happens, I make this inner toolbox of the five most effective ways that I have to bring myself home. And I have them in order of priority on how well they work. My number one is outside barefoot in Montana nature. Almost works every single time, like yeah. in one minute or less, right? And then I have breath, I have movement, I have boom. But then my last one is to look at the picture of myself on my background, because if I'm being mean, to myself, I have a very hard time being mean to myself at five years old. Oh, I right? love that. Yes. Yeah. That was from a shaman in Costa Rica. Thank you, Brad. Um, and so the inner toolbox is designed for us to self-regulate when we get a flat tire to change it instead of slashing the other three, right? It eliminates self-sabotage. It eliminates the tilt. Sometimes it doesn't work. So then we go to the inner circle, right? So it's inner toolbox, inner circle, outer circle, and the inner circle are the five closest people to me that hold me at my potential that will not listen to my stories. Mm. My wife and then four other men in my life, where if I try to call them like, oh, blah, blah, they're like, I don't want the story. What's the feeling? Oh, I love that. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling sad. And they're like, cool, right? And their job is just to give me an outlet, to give me a mirror, right? Not to change anything, not to do anything, but to give me a moment to reflect back to me that it's okay to feel how I feel and then choose to respond differently. And then the outer circle is anybody I don't need in my life every day, like one of my attorneys, right? I got hit with a lawsuit a couple months ago in one of my companies, and the moment it came in, it was like I was back in a firefight in Afghanistan. Like my body shut down. We're talking about multi-seven figures. And of course, my body's gonna respond to that. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. If you don't respond to that, you're dead on the inside, go to therapy. Right? Like, you're done. <laughs> right? And I was like, but nothing good's going to come from me being on emotional tilt. Right? And so I was like, my inner circle, my inner tools didn't work. My inner circle didn't work. And so I was like, oh, attorney. I literally called and he's like, George, are you calling me about the loss? Or like, yeah, he's like, hey, man, I got to handle you. You're not going to have to pay anything. I'll let you know later. And I hung up the phone. And what okay. would have been six weeks of reaction and tilt was four minutes before it was mitigated. And then I was like, motherfucker, I made this up out of nowhere. And I was literally right back in to where I belong to create a desirable result and responding. And so we have to remember that the more we coach and the more we serve, the more tools we have to have for ourselves to get ourselves back home. Because part of our job is holding things and holding space and creating possibility for others, which means sometimes they borrow some of our best parts from us to believe it to be true for themselves. And we have to make sure that in those moments when we're done, that we can fill that bucket back up mm. come from a place of power and come from a place of alignment. And so like, I tell everybody like on paper, I shouldn't be successful. I'm dumb. Like, and I mean that, like I'm dumb. And I mean that from a place of love. Like 
I went from like homelessness and hustling to like being a Marine for 13 years to self-teaching entrepreneurship. Like I shouldn't be where I am. And I'm only here because of my willingness to keep going, but to keep it very, very simple. And it's always simple. Every single time, customer journeys are simple. Marketing is simple. Coaching is simple. And if it's complicated, it's typically a distraction. And so- Oh my God, yeah, I love that. Part of coming back home is just reminding ourselves that when we make this commitment to the world, when we make this commitment to do the work, even when we make these commitments to do this podcast, like when I go work out after this, I'm going to have a hundred thoughts, maybe a thousand. Like, could I said this? And I should have, and I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, just love what you said and let it be enough, right? But if I don't have the tools and the intention in place, then nothing comes in. And so I feel like what a lot of people miss is that sales is a transference of energy. That's all it is, right? And like, everyone's like, oh, well, that's bullshit. I'm like, cool. Remember the last time you walked into a restaurant and before the waiter even spoke, you didn't like how it felt? And they're like, oh, shit, man, here you go again. I'm like, and remember when you walked in one time and you felt joy when they were walking over and they never said a word? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, your energy matters. That's all it is. And so I think what most people get wrong, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but it's all like, no, I love it. Tangent I think what most people get wrong is they think that digital marketing and digital media is somehow different than the real fucking world. Yeah. And the only difference is it's a faster connection in the real world where 40 years ago, we would have to go to the coffee shop to see people or see people at the grocery store. But now you can fucking follow your butcher on Instagram and give them likes all the time. And so all we've done is increase the frequency of human connection and touch points, which is one of the greatest gifts of our lifetime, but only when utilized correctly. It's all still energy. And the only way to make something happen or get a result or have a desirable outcome is to understand that if we relate to the world on the internet like we do in person, our success is guaranteed, right? But nowhere, and I mean fucking nowhere, would you ever have somebody walk into your coffee shop and be like, okay, cool, which answer am I going to give them right now based on which script I have? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, are you kidding me? Like, no. are you fucking kidding me? It's like, it's crazy that I make millions of dollars reminding people to be human fucking beings, right? Because that's really, really what it boils down to. And so I think what you have to remember, especially for all of you listening and you as well, like you're the greatest gifts that this fucking planet has because you see the heart side where everybody else sees the transaction and you're standing for that possibility. But you want to know what's fucking crazy is that it makes your job a hundred times easier because all you have to do is be a human and not worry about strategies and tactics. I'm so glad you went there. I've been waiting to pull that piece of it in. Yes, it is easier when you're just yourself and you're just interacting as yourself. There is no strategy or tactic. You don't have to have something be rehearsed. You just get to be you. And that's when you don't burn out from engaging with hundreds of people. You can hold bigger space for more people because you know who you are in that interaction. And I have some tactics for you when you give me a minute after about like how to do this at scale, because like okay. I send probably 300 video messages a day, wow. a day, right? And I was like, George, I'm like, it takes me an hour and it fills my fucking bucket. And they're like, well, how do you not? And I was like, oh, you think I have them coming back to me? No, leadership is not creating codependency. It's empowering them. Mm -hmm. 
But when we think about relationships, right? And obviously like I live in my masculine now, but when I was living from trauma, I was in wounded feminine, like 99% of the time, that's a whole different podcast, right? But when we think about business, when we think about coaching, we're actually talking about containers and context, which is very masculine energy. And when you create those containers, it allows the feminine essence to exist, which is wild, free, emotion, expressive, and boom, 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 boom. And so when we're in the world of coaching, our job is to create the container, not to fill it, right? And so when we think about this, and you just alluded to this, right? Like I'll break this, and I'll give everybody a strategy and a fucking tactic on customer journey right now. It's really fucking simple, right? So I want you to envision a lighthouse on an island, right? Because that's what I use for my branding. And on that lighthouse, there's a dock. And then once the boat gets to the dock, you're in, right? But there's only four things that somebody can do in your world. They can see your content and be like, fuck, no, I'm out, right? I call them stuck in the Bermuda Triangle, right? Very important note to remember. It doesn't mean they're out forever. Mm -hmm. It just means they're out for now. And it's not our job to convince them to come in. It's our job to remain consistent and congruent. So when they get that tilt, they remember who we are and come back in, right? Yeah. The next people are the ones that, they come in and they're like, oh my God, I love that video. They click around, they watch more, they go to your about page. And then they just go back off into the world. I call these people like they picked a destination. Like I'm going to California, but I don't know if I'm going to San Francisco, LA or San Diego, right? Yeah. Those people still collect evidential touch points based on your consistency and congruency that create social triggers in their brain and memories around you so that when something else pops up into their life, they come in. The most beautiful part of both of those people is you don't have to fucking do anything except keep being you consistently and congruently wherever you decide to disseminate. <laughs> the next person is the person who comes in and like, I'm going to San Diego. These are the people that opt in. And opt in means they resonated with something you were putting out into the world and they were like, I want an automated monogamous relationship with you. They follow you. They subscribe to your podcast. They subscribe to your YouTube channel. They opt in. They do something where there's an exchange of information, where they have surrendered to learning from you in some container for you to consistently, congruently deliver whatever it is that you offer. And then the fourth one are the buyers. These are the smooth sailors. These are the ones that come in and give you their credit card. And obviously you fulfill there. Well, this is the most beautiful fucking part about marketing. My job is not to change where they are, but if they ask, it's to give them one next step to get to the next level. And that's it. That's it. That is it. And so everyone's like, George, well, what do you do when you go on a podcast? Like my buddy, Mike Dillard's podcast. I think they had like 7 million downloads. And I gave out my personal fucking email address, my personal email. Right. And he's like, you're psycho. And I'm like, I totally am. But I also said on the podcast, Hey, I'm going to give out my personal email. And if you want my help, here's what I need you to put in the email. Oh, and one very important part. I will only open it and respond if you use this exact subject line. If you don't use this subject line, I will delete your fucking email. And he's like, really, George? I'm like, yes, because if you don't care enough about me to listen to the one thing I'm asking for, nothing I say past that point would work anyways. Mm. And so then I'm setting the container right? So I do my podcast. You're going to ask me at the end of this, well, how can people find you? I'm like, well, send me a DM, but I'm going to tell you what to send me if I can help you in any way, right? So I set the container. So then when I get the emails, every email I got had everything I needed in it to help them. And I knew that there was only one of three options that they would need. And I would respond with those. So like, I'll go on a podcast and like, well, how does people find you? I'm like, well, I talked a lot about customer journey. I also talked about email and 
I talked about mindset, which I covered in my events. And so do me a favor, shoot me a DM on Instagram. And if there was one thing that resonated with you, just send me that word and ask me your question and I'll send you a resource. Mm-hmm. And so when they DM me like, George, that podcast was great. Would you mind sending me that customer journey training? I'm like, totally. Here's the customer journey training. And what I want you to do is watch it and put it into practice. And then if you have any questions about it, shoot us an email here. And what I'm constantly doing is guiding and leading the relationship one step closer to their desirable result. I'm not taking it on. I'm laying out a path for them to take. And when you do that intentionally and you know what you do, whether it's helping somebody release trauma, become awareness of their lack of vision, recognize their own triggers in their body, like develop a positive mindset, start a breath practice, you already have all the assets. So if you by design create a menu so that when people do reach out, you can be your authentic self and then give them a menu option and then let them know what to do with it and what to do next, you've eliminated codependency, you've empowered them to get the results. And then when they lean back in, it's not because they need you, it's because they want you. Mm. And want and need change the trajectory of businesses at an epic scale. Oh my God, I love this. I'm obsessed. I'm just letting it all land. It's such a profound way of, it's a profound way of shifting the energy in which you're engaging in that interaction. Because I have no agenda. Exactly. I make it almost fucking impossible to pay me money. Right, exactly. Almost impossible. But you want to know what happens is when they do, they send me six-figure wires without me asking. Because my job, like, if everybody's a yes, you're not playing a big enough fucking game. Yeah, exactly. The The end. That's a popularity contest. You might as well just go make Mean Girls 7 or whatever fucking one they're on. No, it's not the game, right? My job is not to find my customers, it's to create my customers. Mm. And that only becomes possible when you respect where they're at and what they're actually ready for. When you brush it, you can't. Yeah. And buddy, you want to know what's really serendipitous is I've gotten no text messages today, but can you guess who texted me like 10 minutes ago? Alex? Alex. And I haven't (laughs) talked to him in months. Tell him I say hi when you text with that. I will, but like (laughs) you guys are a perfect example, right? I met you through Alex. Your husband reached out, wanted to come to my event. I was like, well, you guys are kind of living in a crazy place right now. It ain't going to happen, right? And then like nothing forced, follow you. You start a new account. You reach out and like, fuck yes. Like, here we go. Because the container is set and the evolution of the relationship dictates the pace. My job isn't to change it. My job is to meet it and show up wherever it is and then allow it to emerge. And then that's the most beautiful part because it also creates this very healthy relationship with how we do business. Like, I don't give a fuck how many comments are on my videos, how many followers I get. I don't want a million followers again. That shit was annoying as fuck. (laughs) It was annoying, right? It's like, no, I like my life. I like my family. I like my friends. I like who's in my world. But it's so funny because when you remove the result, your input gets so much more aligned and greater. It actually has the desired outcome that you want because it's not being measured against this false finish line, right? And so all of these things matter so much because at the end of the day, if you're in business, you can do a million dollars in a fucking Facebook group and a PayPal button. None of it matters. None of it matters, right? No. All that matters is that we show up consistently and congruently. 
And when somebody raises their hand for something that we have, that we develop a relationship and allow it the best chance to succeed, which sometimes means telling people not to pay me and to go do this instead. And nope, my event's not right for you. Go read this book or no, as much as I would love for you to wire me a hundred grand, that's not the best use of this money for you. Use it here, here, and here for a year from now. Oh, and then that person gave me 25% of the company two years later. You know what I mean? It's the very, very honest, integrous game. And just like if you run a service-based business and somebody comes in looking for a phone and you don't carry that phone and they don't want it, your job isn't to fucking sell it to them. It's your job to guide them to where they can get what they want, which actually increases your value in the world. It increases word of mouth marketing. It increases endowment. It increases every positive thing around you because you're playing the right game. And so I'll say this, and I'll say this over and over and over again. Scale and success comes from scissors and simplicity. Mm -hmm. Cut out all the shit that doesn't matter. Cut out all the complication that doesn't matter and keep it fucking simple. And at any point, if it feels out of alignment, if it feels off, take out the fucking scissors and cut it out. Because nothing that you do when you feel off will ever create the result that you want. And I'd rather you spend five fucking days taking bubble baths with bath bombs and self-care until you hit a moment of clarity and like, that's the thing I was supposed to do. Then fucking chase your tail six days in a row trying to follow everybody else's bullshit strategies that some marketer's teaching you online that he can't even do. So he's charging you money to teach something that doesn't work and that's how he makes his money. Then rather you trusting yourself and realizing that the only path that's going to work for you is the one that you carve yourself. Oh my God, what a beautiful, I feel like I need to end it there because that was just so perfect. <laughs> like, God, I got like a hundred them. I know, I could talk to you for 10 hours, George. I just, it blows my mind how aligned with you I feel. Like, I know I've been in your world a long time and I've watched like a lot of your stuff, but really genuinely talking to you in this capacity, I'm like, I just feel like I'm the same person as you in so many ways, but so stretched into new edges that I didn't even know were there. You and me both every day, every day, right? <laughs> like my buddy Garen Jones came on my show that day and Garen's fucking incredible. And he said something in the podcast that I've known for years and it smacked me in the face. And he was like, are you still saying thank you for everything that shows up? And I was like, I'm not. And it's so funny because like these edges are our secrets. These edges are our gifts. These edges are the difference makers. It's our willingness to stretch that creates a bigger container for our clients to fill. And that's the secret to this game. That's the secret to this game. And like, yes, can you coach and you can give programs and you can do all of it. But yeah, it's like, what are the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs make that you think a program gets the result? The program is a tool. It's the subconscious safety and accountability that gets the result. The container and the context matters more than the content every single time. Every single time. And what I have found out, and I've made every fucking mistake you can make, like if you... If you saw on paper how much money I lost, you'd pass the fuck out and puke for like six days straight. Like, I'm telling you, just listen to me because I had to lose a lot to get to this point to be where I am now. 
And you nailed it earlier where you're like, it could be a slow game. It could be a longer game. It might not look like you want it to look. That's the point because that's the only way to win your game or else you end up playing on somebody else's field and resenting every ounce of success that you've created and never actually feeling fulfilled in what you do. This game is very, very, very important. But when we think about business, especially coaching, and I know we have a lot of them on here, your job is simple. It's to find your message and share it, get people to raise their hand, build relationships with them with no agenda, and if they say yes, to help them achieve their goal. Mm -hmm. Those are four fucking sticky notes on how you build the business. I don't give a fuck what platforms out there. I don't care what. Like if you come to my valley, when you and your husband come to my event, you go to any coffee shop within 30 miles from me and every single one of them listens to my podcast. I love that. <laughs> every single one of them. Do you think I walked up to them and I was like, hey, you should listen to my show? Nope. Hey, what can I get for you today? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'll take my Americana. What are you up to today? Oh, I'm going to go do some photography. They're like, oh, you do photography? Like, yeah. I'm like, what do you want to be like? I want to be a wedding photographer. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. What's stopping you? And she's like, oh, I just don't have the nice camera. So what do you think I showed up with the next day? I had a $5,000 camera sitting in my closet I hadn't used in three years. I'm like, how about you take it on loan for the next eight weeks? And if you want it, make me an offer. And then she's like, well, how do I turn this into a business? I'm like, I have a podcast for that if you want to listen to it. Just this one episode, right? Yeah. Relationships are the secret. Relationship to the game. And it's not our job to determine the speed at which they happen. It's our job to create the container to allow them to happen. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. You are so amazing. I'm so <laughs> grateful for you and your time. I have like... I'm like glad that you didn't ask me the question I hated answering lately. So I was like, just tell me what you do. And I'm like, well, today I'm a father. I'm a decent <laughs> husband. Uh, I'm a pretty good friend. Uh, I'm being pretty nice to myself today. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I think what it boils down to is that like the only reason I'm standing in this seat is because I choose to. Like, that's it. Like, I'm no different. Like, I'm shocked. Like, I, I, I got interviewed yesterday and they're like, why do you think you're here? And I was like, honestly, I don't have an answer to that anymore. And they're like, well, what gets you up in the morning? I'm like, honestly, I don't know anymore. And I was like, I had a very wise teacher say to me a long time ago. He said, the moment you know, you're no longer doing it. Oh, that's deep. Wow. And it took me till about a year ago to really fucking get it. And I was like, oh. Because if you ask me the question and I give you an answer from my brain, I'm no longer living in my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've just had to learn to kind of trust myself around this game, but it really, really is the secret. And all I think about, and literally this is my, this is my gauge. If I put my head on the pillow at night and I believe that how I showed up that day means that if I never woke up, people would show up to support my family, then I did good that day. Wow. Yeah. And that's all I ask myself. I don't want people at my fucking funeral. I don't want people to post about me and celebrate me. The only barometer that I have every single day is that if I don't make it home, that the people that I touched that day would be the first ones in line to fly to Montana and help my wife and kids. Wow. And that's how I do business. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> 
you said we were going to cry and here we are. <laughs> you need, I think it's important, right? Like for somebody like me, who's experienced loss, like I've witnessed three suicides. I've lost 28 Marines. I've been to war. I've almost died. I've been blown up. I've been through all of it. It's so crazy. None of them changed my perspective. None of them changed my perspective. It was entrepreneurship and seeing what's on the other side of everything that we create. And the true, true difference it can make in the world when we believe in it the right way that matters. But at the end of the day, none of us can explain this existential fucking meat suit that we're floating in right now. Like no one can. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. And this illusion of a world that's created that like we're even on a Zoom call right now or that somehow I have this false thing called money in a bank account that I don't really tangibly have or that the car that I drive exists or somehow like none of that fucking matters. And all I keep getting brought back to through all the pain, all the success, all the failures, everything, the only thing I ever crave more of is truly connected moments. And they're all that fucking matters. And so why not run your business to where all you're doing is creating those moments and allowing everything else to be a byproduct of that? Fuck yeah, that feels so good. That feels good. That's amazing. So as my like, friend, gonna... my, my friend Liz Betty, she calls it yum. She's like, does this feel yum? And if it doesn't feel yum, she won't do it. And then she's like, how do I make this more yum? And I was like, so I need to know her. <laughs> like, I want yum. I need more yum. I'm like, I love it, Liz. Like yum, yum, yum. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's really, really understanding that we truly can only make a difference if that is our come from, if that's where we're coming from, right? Because that's what matters. Everything follows that, right? There's a really good book, by the way, and you've probably read this one. Um, I had the author on my podcast, but the book is called The Go-Giver. And um, if I had to like credit any book that could put words into like how I thought I wanted to do business or how I was, but gave it some structure, that book is the thing. I feel like that book is the only way to live in business, the only way to live in life and the only way to do what you do because it really, really matters. It really, really matters. And, you know, for coaches that are listening to this, for everybody that's like talking, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna end this podcast. You're gonna go back out into the real fucking world. You're gonna go back on Instagram. You know, the feelings are gonna come. It's gonna be overwhelmed. Nobody's seeing my shit. Nobody's showing up. Nobody's responding. Good, keep going, keep going. Because there's opportunities in front of us every single day. And if people think that like I wake up in the morning and I just magnetize fucking money, like, yeah, somewhat, right? But like somebody called me the other day and like, George, I need you to come to Texas. I'll wire you hundred grand for three days. I'm like, cool. And I was like, dude, good job. I'm like, do you know when I built that relationship? And they're like, when? I'm like 11 fucking years ago. Mm -hmm. 11 years ago. And I've been the same. Every single time and every time they've ever called me for help, I've helped. And any time I've ever seen them, I'd offer to help. And I finally, after 11 years, tilted the reciprocity bank to where it was time to make a withdrawal. And they called me and they're like, I needed help, but I literally couldn't ask you for free again. So is this enough money? <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. I'll be there soon. And I was like, and you know, I would have come anyways. He's like, I fucking know you would have. That's why I'm paying you. This is a and that's what people don't see. No, or are a, willing to. It's a long game. And I don't care which way you slice it. I don't care which way you fucking try. The reason I trademarked relationships beat algorithms is because nobody has a business problem. Nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody's got a relationship problem. 
with yourself, your team, and your customers informed in that order. Mm-hmm. And if you go straight to the source and you get in alignment and you live from your heart and you trust your intuition and you realize that from that place, everything else is figure the fuck outable, you're completely unstoppable. Completely unstoppable. All right. So we can do round two. Or th- I think we need to. <laughs> okay, I, I'll do as many as you want. Amazing. Well, I'll definitely be having you back on because like I said, I could just go the rest of the day. But to be mindful of everyone's time and yours, where should people reach out to you? Where can they find you, George? What's your handle? Yeah, so you're in one of two buckets right now. One is like, I'm never going to fucking find this guy again. Long's <laughs> in a straitjacket. Totally fine. When you get out of the Bermuda Triangle, I'm still here and I'll still be saying the same shit. And I love you uh, to pieces. Um, the best place is probably my podcast. It's called The Mind of George Show. You can go to mindofgeorge.com or you can just go to any podcast platform that you're on. It's called The Mind of George Show. Um, and I do this direct invitation whenever I talk like this. If there is anything that I said today that triggered you, that created doubt, that you need clarity on, that you have a question on, that I can help you with, if I have a resource with, shoot me a DM on Instagram and tell me what it is and how I can help you. And I will help you however I can. My team, myself, a resource, anything. Uh, you have my wife's permission to slide into my DMs. I'm aware of it. She likes that this is the way that I play the game. So we are on the same page. Um, but my Instagram is it's George Bryant. And the it's is in it because some 76-year-old realtor in Michigan won't give me George Bryant. And it's, it's George Bryant. Um, but shoot me a DM. And I mean that. Anything. If you're like, hey, do you have any? Or you just want to share or something came up for you. Whatever you share with me stays between you and I. And so if anything comes up, if I can help with anything, that is a direct path to me. I do all my DMs. Laura will tell you. So her husband, they get a lot of video messages from me and uh, and I will be there to support you. George, thank you. Like this shook me in the best possible way. So I can only imagine what it's offering. Oh, I'm drenched drenched in sweat right now. Drenched in sweat. I just loved it. This filled me so, so up. So thank you. Thank you for your time and for your passion and for your raw vulnerability. It's so, so greatly appreciated in this space with me. And I just and thank, thank so you much for, love for you. Thank you for trusting me because this fills my bucket. It makes me feel purposeful and like I'm doing my job. And for everybody listening, thank you for giving me the only gift that I can never give back to you, which is time. It matters and I appreciate it immensely. You're such a gem. Well, I'll definitely have you back on. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. 
Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.